When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Moving my head? Yeah. I'm laying it off? Well, that too. I'm pronating? When you're not supinating. I'm clearing too early. I'm clearing too late. My God, my swing feels like an unfolding lawn chair. I look like a fool. What the hell do you think you look like shooting them chili peppers up Lee Jansen's ass? Well, we're waiting. What's up, golf fans? Welcome back to another episode of Fairways and Dreams. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, and I love these two-man scramble podcasts. In case you've never listened, maybe it's your first time chiming in. Every time I have a guest on the show, I call it the two-man scramble, where I have someone on that maybe, let's just put it this way, I find them intriguing, and that's why we've had someone like Ken Keller. Uh, we had Kane on last week, who's an influencer on, on Instagram. And speaking of Instagram, this is where I found our guest today. It's Nate Wren from Acorn Hills Golf Company, but not just golf. It's a very unique company. I'm anxious to hear about this, but I want to welcome Nate to the show. Nate, how are you? Good, Jeff. I appreciate you having me on. You know, it's finally uh, nice to put a face with the name. We've been chatting on Instagram for a couple months here now. And, um, you know, you, could, you were kind of one of my first followers when I was in the infant stage of the business. And uh, it's finally good to come on the podcast, kind of support you a little bit, too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so it's it's great to, like you said, put a name with a face and all that good stuff. And uh, let's talk about your company first. So I have followed you all for a long time on Instagram. And I loved how it's just it's unique. You know, when you talk about golf apparel, and you don't just do golf apparel, you do other apparel as well. I want to make that very clear. There are a million options out there now when it comes to, uh, you know, independent golf companies and everyone does it differently but no one does it like you do so let me ask you in your opinion what separates you from the pack because i think that's a very important question yeah i think you you know you hit the nail on the head when you said kind of there's a million and one different clothing companies out there um you know i think i think the simple part people sometimes take for granted is anyone can kind of take a design and slap it on a sweatshirt or slap it on a t-shirt and um to me that takes kind of not too much skill um, it still takes a little bit of effort, but I think what separates me is uh, the way I kind of get back to the environment and the way kind of I, I approach things from a conservation aspect. So those that aren't familiar with me, um, I actually use seed paper. I'm not sure if you know what seed paper, um, if you're familiar with seed paper, Jeff, but what seed paper is, is it's decomposable um, paper that has seeds sewn in them. And then, um, you know, when you get, for example, when you buy my product, uh, you get 
instead of having like a cardboard or a plastic uh, glossy like price tag that people cut off and throw away, they take that seed paper tag, they cut it off, and instead of throwing it away, they'll soak it in water and plant it in the ground. And within a couple uh, weeks, you'll have sproutings of wildflowers. So that's kind of what, um, you know, separates me, I think, too. And I think, too, uh, another thing is my personalized service is, you know, it's just me. Um, I, you know, I, ha I hold all my inventory. Um, I'm a full-time college student, so I have two shipping locations, my college dorm and uh, my parents' house at home. So, you know, it's kind of kind of grown grown that way. And, you know, like, for example, like with you uh, on Instagram and stuff, you know, that's me responding to your DMs. It's not some sort of third party marketing or uh, uh, some sort of AI bot or something. It's actually me. So um, I think that's what kind of separates so separates the company. So I got to be honest, you know, I, I'm 40 years old. I went through college, uh, did the whole fraternity thing. Never in my wildest dreams would I think to myself, hey, maybe I should start a golf clothing company while I'm in the midst of getting my four-year degree. What caused <laughs> you to want to do that? Because I was worried about everything else under the sun, probably more so than my studies. And yet you wanted to start a company. Well, where did this come from? Yeah. And, you know, um, being I'm from PA, um, Clearfield, PA, for all my PA listeners out there. But it's a very rural part and, you know, not a lot of um, industry, so to speak. And a lot of the golf courses were munis and public golf courses. So the outdoors were a huge part of my life, whether it was, you know, biking or, you know, running outside or fishing or something like that. There was this whole other world besides golf for me. And, um, you know, when I came to college. I actually played golf in college here. And I thought, well, why couldn't I combine the two? And, you know, kind of combine that outdoor feeling with uh, kind of my passions for golf and see if there's a way to cross pollinate the two. And uh, I'm on, obviously I'm not the first golf company to have a casual side and vice versa. First casual company to have a golf side. But um, like I said, the way I approach things is kind of what separates me um, from my competition, I think. But, you know, I started it. I was I was a freshman. I thought, well, you know. If I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail big. And I went ahead and like launched everything. And I didn't start uh, uh, launching the site until my sophomore year. So it took about six to eight months of actually research and development on my end to do it. So so how, how much have you grown since you started it a few years ago? Like, do you have any tangible numbers or anything like that for I, I don't need like profit margins, but do you <laughs> yeah. how 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 has the success been so far? Well, you know, this is actually our, our first year in in business. Like I said, the research and development was six to eight months. Um, and that pushed us till, you know, my beginning of my sophomore year. And I didn't I didn't launch until January 1st of 2023 was my official products were live. Um, you know, I was available to ship them out and everything like that. And, you know, I started with a little bit of my um, I work couple, I work two jobs here on campus. So I put a little bit of that money aside and I started with that. And through that, I've been able to, um, you know, quadruple the returns. And when I say returns, I don't mean profit for myself. This is this company is not paying for my college education by any means. Right. But I'm, when I say quadruple returns, I mean followers. I mean engagement. I mean, um, you know, news segments. Because I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. But when I first went live, um, I got picked up by USA Today to do a news kind of article on me. And that actually got so much resharing and so much traction that the Weather Channel picked it up. And I went on the Weather Channel on April of, um, April 12th, I think it was. But 
it was with uh, in front of a couple million people. The viewer audience was estimated a couple million. So um, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty surreal moment that it all just like happened within months of each other. And yeah. uh, now I'm starting to get getting some pro shops and retailers on the outdoor side, and um, just kind of every day is a new day. So if you would have told me a year ago that I'd be where I'm at today. I would have called you crazy. And if you, you know, maybe five years down the line, I look back and, um, you know, this, I will we'll laugh at like something like this where I'm still kind of small and uh, maybe I'll be bigger down the line. We just don't know. So, well, I know the answer to this because I have communicated with you. I'm getting ready to place an order for some people for the holidays. Uh, and I know that your stuff is good stuff. And you've told me like that you, in terms of your suppliers, the one thing, like I'm all about helping out the the young company. I'd rather give the money to an upstart and to a local independent group, whatever. We also want to make sure we're getting really good good stuff, whether it's you know the the golf shirt, the the quarter zip, the long sleeve t shirt. Speak to the quality of your products, dude. Anyone out there listening that might be wanting to Google Acorn Hills and make, place an order. Yeah, and I think that's where um, that's another differentiator. Uh, you know, kind of separates me from the competition I'd say for lack of a better term is I use these suppliers all over the world. You know, I have some domestically in the U S I have some overseas to wherever I can find things like such as like recycled fabrics and biodegradable packaging and things like that, um, that these huge companies use like, you know, foot joy and Peter Millar and, um, you know, Roback and these, these up and coming golf companies and already established golf companies like those guys. And, you know, I look at their pricing and nothing against their pricing. Branding is great, but I'm providing the same product at half the cost. And um, I think that really kind of speaks to my message is I'm not, I'm not trying to gouge my customers. I'm not trying to kind of um, make this, you know, some sort of fantasy product where only the wealthy can afford it. It's, you know, if you want to make a difference, no matter how big or how small um, my products can do that. It's fantastic. I, I do have to ask. This is a golf podcast. We got to talk some golf now. We got to talk about you as a player. Give us your background. You did say you play collegiately currently. Uh, where do you go to school? Yeah. How's your game? What's it look like? What give give us the rundown? Yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said before, I'm I'm from a very small rural town. So a lot of times growing up, um, not a lot of my friends play golf, or if they did play golf, it was just to kind of field a team so I could play golf. Um, <laughs> And that's, that's how it was. My, my senior year of high school, uh, I, we had 12 guys on the team. They were all my 12 buddies, and none of them prior to that year uh, picked up a golf club besides me. So uh, needless to say, it was, you know, I, we would go out there and have a great time. But with that said, is I never had a lesson until college. So I was all self-taught, um, you know, and I've, I'm all a field player. So everything, uh, you know, you'll see people pound balls on the range for hours and hours that's not me um i'll go out there from 20 25 yards out on some sort of hole hit little like you know wedges and bump and runs and things like that i'm I'm all feel and i can tell you where the ball is going without um you know that split second between impact and the direction of the ball but i think too where i struggle a little bit collegiate wise um is i don't hit the ball real long for driver wise you know, I'm maybe 250, 260 carry, if that. And while that competes recreationally, you know, I'll go back. I go home from, you know, school and on vacations and breaks and play at my own course, which is a little bit shorter because in college we play from the tips. 
um, and my home course doesn't have tips. So I'll compete pretty well. And then, you know, I come to college and I'm surrounded by guys who hit the ball, you know, 280, 290, sometimes, you know, three, 300 plus carry. And it's a wonder, like, how do you, how do you compete at that level? And especially me from a division, I'm a, I'm a division three. I came out of high school with a couple of division twos. I thought, well, you know, financially wise, division three is a better option. So I stuck with D3. And the question comes, you know, how do I compete at this level, not hitting the ball along? And it really comes down to short game that feel, like I said, the 20 yard pitches, the 25 yard, um, you know, pitches, bump and runs, sand shots, those sort of when they say like short game, short game, short game. For me, it's really short game, short game, short game. And, you know, to kind of validate that point is my freshman year of putting, we kept track of putts on our team and I led our team. And I think I probably would have led pretty well in our conference. I, I averaged 22 putts per 18, which, wow. you know, if you think about it, that's, it's insane. Now, obviously yeah. my putting numbers have been, it's, it's funny because now I hit the ball a little bit further and my putting numbers go up too, because now I don't put so much pressure on my short game. Um, but freshman freshman year me was you put a putter in my hand it was it was like vintage tiger or something it was crazy <laughs> but um yeah i think i think my game is a little bit of a uh older style type player you know your your guys who are good ball strikers rather than hit the ball a mile um i think that's kind of my my style so you said that you hadn't had a lesson until you went to college. I find that intriguing because I've never been a guy that goes to less to gets lessons either. I went to one when I was really young and the dude taught me nothing. And I was like, well, screw this. I'll figure it out on my own. So when you eventually got your first lesson as a collegiate golfer, was that difficult to take that instruction? Because you said, yeah. when, I, I've played with a lot of players who are field players, just like you just labeled yourself where if I'm 60 yeah. yards out, like you might not even need to know it's 60 yards out. You're looking at the pin, you're looking at the hole, the lie, all that stuff. And you're like, I know how to play this shot. You know how it's going to check and how the ball is going to respond. But was that lesson, was it, was it difficult for you to take that lesson? And how did you implement that into your game? Oh, tremendously. It was um, essentially, it was a reverse learning curve for me because a lot of times, you know, people get these lessons and they get all this knowledge and, they can apply it simply because you know they, they've had lessons before for, for me it was how do i take this information and not totally change my swing to where you know i change what what kind of got me there um and incorporate it into my game and it was really tough my freshman year i came in i was probably i was close to a couple over per 18 maybe like 74 is a 77 range um and you know i thought okay i'm gonna get really good and probably get it down to 70 to 74 range and sure enough, I got my first lesson and I went from 74 to 77 to 84 to 88. And I just kept climbing and climbing and climbing. And I was like, I was like, oh, something's going to change here. And, uh, you know, at that point, it's like, OK, what do I ditch kind of from the lesson and what do I keep? And uh, that's kind of been my whole whole college career is bringing it back down from that freshman year. And I finally got it back down this year. Um, to where this is probably my best year ball striking wise, um, everything. So it, it takes time. It takes time. I feel like I was playing catch up the kids who had lessons all throughout junior golf. Yeah. You talked about the, the length of your game and, and that is such a man. That's mm -hmm. such a talking point. Now when people talk about stock numbers with clubs and they talk about how the carry numbers and, 
and club head speed and yeah. all that stuff. And uh, th these numbers and the analytics are taking over uh, in some realms of golf, not my realm, but in your realm. Yeah, absolutely. So what was the biggest change to help you gain some, some yardage? You said you got some distance back in your game. Now your putting suffered, but what did you do yeah. differently to add some of that yardage to your game? Well, you know, to be honest, um, I was always kind of a tempo type swing, like tempo swing. And just because the way it's kind of set up here in PA is obviously we have great winters that are super cold and frigid and everything. So a lot of times in the winter, we're inside um, either in the gym and a lot of those gym exercises, you know, people think, OK, core has to be everything for golf. But really what happens is it boils down to fast twitch muscles. Um, so you're sprinting. Uh, your lunges, you know, your jumping is really how you gain speed and gain distance. And so my freshman and sophomore year, I really concentrate on that. And then this sophomore to junior year, I really concentrate on when I was out there on the course, I swung as hard as I could. Even if I would go out and practice um, at a range for 20, 30 swings, those 20, 30 swings were as fast and as hard as possible as I could possibly swing. And, you know, I... I hit a lot of bad shots when I was on those range sessions and because I didn't, my hands couldn't catch up or I would get too steep and, you know, something. But when I caught one and I knew the feeling, I could feel it and replicate it. Um, I noticed a huge difference. And then I carried that into our season too. I just did a podcast uh, last Wednesday about fitness and golf. And you definitely just piqued my interest as a former personal trainer. Yeah. Uh, someone I, I would tell people that come to me with golf and they're like, I just need ab exercise. Like, you all don't understand the golf swing is so much more than just your, your rotational muscles in your trunk. It's also the big muscles. It's your shoulders, especially your back muscles and being able to turn the body and to deliver that speed at the top of your backswing down into the impact area. How much emphasis does your team put on weight training outside of like you said sprints explosive training that stuff makes a ton of sense but what about lifting weights what do y'all do there yeah um we we do lift weights and it's a lot of it you know our um well I, what do they call it's not straight bar deadlifts but it's like the hex bar hex bar deadlifts yeah mm -hmm. um sure do a, do a lot of those do a lot of, a lot of like weighted farmer carries and we know um, we have a workout plan, but then, you know, a lot of the guys lift weights on the team. A lot of them, you're always in the gym and you see them benching and stuff. And it's like, um, you know, I'm not going to let them get the competitive edge against me. So then, you, you know, you up your weight. So um, we definitely lift weights, but we do do a lot of mixture of both, too. Yeah. For sure. Well, the grip strength with the farmer carries and those hex bar deadlifts make a ton of sense with golf and the forearms yep. and all that good stuff. Sounds like you're on a good path and it sounds like you all, um, you have a really good team. And so is your team successful? Are you guys competing for uh conference titles or anything like that? Yeah. Um, we kind of had a unfortunate kind of way the season ended. We had qualifying. Uh, we, so that's, that's another thing I think people don't understand about college golf is qualifying. It's like for us, we have 22 guys on our team and I would say 18 out of those 22 can break 75 at any time. And when you have the, tournaments these huge tournaments where you're traveling all over the um, country you know um you take five four or five guys and out of 22 guys you know five guys it's it's pretty cutthroat qualifying and up until those tournaments we have 54 holes of qualifying so when you go to class all day and then you come out and have to go play qualifying or 
um, you know, you have an assignment late at due late at night or an essay due late at night and have to go qualify the next day and you're, you know, sleep deprived. And those are the struggles I think no one really wants to talk about when it comes to college uh, golf and athletics in general. But um, from a results standpoint, our team does pretty well. When we started out as my freshman year, we weren't really that good, but um, my, next year will be my senior year and we'll be, we'll be pretty solid. Fantastic. That's great. It's getting, and let's not, uh, Hey, for you, you're also running an apparel company on top of the, the class yeah. load and being an athlete. So that adds another layer to it. Um, so I asked you before we went live on the show, I was like, have you listened to any of these podcasts where you said, not really, that's fine. I like to do a rapid fire segment with my guests. Are you cool with that? You don't, you can answer simply, or you can expound on it. It's up to you. Are you ready for this? Oh yeah. Give it to me. I'll ramble for for hours. <laughs> All right. So real simple. You're a collegiate athlete. You're a golfer. I think I know the answer to this, but would you rather ride or walk? Um, it depends on the course. Um, if it's a, like a really, really renowned course or something, I'd definitely walk it. But if it's a, uh, this is kind of like my recreational back home course. I'm, I'm riding all day. Save some time. Okay. There you go. Now, music on the golf course. You okay with it, or is that a big no-no for you? See, I was I have no problem with it. See, I, I'm used to it just because the way my golf course was kind of set up, very um, very public, very, you know, people, weekend warriors type, type players out there. And so I'm kind of used to playing uh, music on the golf course. But as long as it's, like, not – distracting so if i'm like on a hole and i hear it um from three holes over i have no problem with it all right so if you're picking the music what music are you picking for for what's what's on the playlist i want to know what's on the playlist hmm probably some sort of country music i um not so much modern country but just just a mix of you know classic countries 90s country or um maybe throw a little oh classic gosh. rock in there too are you calling 90s country classic country Classic. No, no, it's like like 60s, 70s countries classic. But okay, so not, like, 90s is so genre. Okay, very yeah. good. Because I was like, you know, 90s country, like that's not that old. Like, I mean, Toby Keith and all those guys, like, that's the, yeah. you know, whatever. No, 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 I no, think like Waylon Jennings, Johnny Cash, like the, your yeah. Merle Haggard, that's classic country. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, yeah. I listened to all of it. I play, so I, when I'm not playing golf or running the company and stuff or doing anything here on campus, um, I play a lot of guitar, so that's a lot of what I what I play. Very good. So very good. Awesome. That's awesome. Now, if you had to choose spring golf or fall golf, what's your favorite? Um, I prefer I prefer fall golf. I think, but I like the like the weather kind of a spring when it's getting warmer because fall golf. Um, when we have qualifying and stuff early in the mornings on Saturday mornings and stuff, towards mid October it gets pretty chilly waking up in the morning and especially when you take a seven iron off the toe, that hurts. So <laughs> all those, uh, all those damn leaves. Spring. All those yeah, damn that's leaves it. Too. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What's your favorite team that's format? It. If you had to choose one. Hmm. For, for college or just in general, just in general, so this is just recreational just golf. Maybe. Yeah. I think, I think alternate shots, a good one um, that we play here a lot in college. A lot of our a lot of our practices will be alternate shot. Um, you get paired with the guy, so that, that can be pretty pretty nerve wracking. So it's it's a good practice. I always call that format "screw your partner" is what I call that one. Okay, yeah, um, I, yeah. There's different terminology than what I just said, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, hey, 
Um, what's in the bag? That's what I want to know. What kind of clubs are you using? Uh, woods on down to wedges. Yeah. So I'll start with the driver. I got it. I used to swing an M2 and I swung it so much that I'm kind of, I kind of dented. And I don't want to say dented the face, but I hit it so, so much like same in the same spot so many times that it kind of weakened the face a little bit, gave that trampoline effect and pretty soon it just went. So I got a Callaway, um, I got a Callaway speed. I swing that, uh, Taylor made sim, uh, woods. And then I have a sim two hybrid. It's so for me, not hitting the ball too far where guys might hit four irons. I have a two hybrid. Um, it's a sim two two hybrid. So I, I love that thing. It goes for miles. Um, problem is you just can't get it to stop. Uh, wedges. I have, I have Mac daddies, Callaway Mac daddies, uh, irons. I have Mizuno's, um, JPX 9, 919, uh, hot metal pros. So they're a little bit older and I have a little bit of a softer shaft in them because in high school I, uh, swung them, pre- I swung them a lot and they were the right shaft when I got fitted. But in college I had the same shaft, but I'm able to shape them a little bit better with that softer, um, weight to them. So for me, I like to hit draws. I like to hit fades. Um, the only problem is I, I don't always hit it straight, but, yeah. uh, my, 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 my putter is an odyssey. Um, it's a seven. It's like the fang looking putter. Okay. Um, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. I but, do. I do. Yep. I do. Yeah. All right. Very good. Good stuff. Hey, uh, next question. Will tiger ever win again? Hmm. I'm going to say no. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I, don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think so. No, not, I don't think. Hey, fair enough. I'm not a huge Tiger Woods fan, but I know a lot of people are, especially as it listen. Let's go to the next question. What's the worst rule in golf? There's a lot of them, but what's the worst one? Worst one. I'd probably say white stake. Um, not, not because like it's a bad rule itself. It's just, I've done it so many times throughout my whole life playing golf where I just snap up one OB and have to re-tee, and that's the worst feeling in the world. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your favorite major on the PGA Tour? Uh, the Masters, for sure. No no doubt, the Masters. All right. I've, I have yet to have a guest that says anything other than the Masters, so that's going to be intriguing as the we Masters. keep going. That's one of those questions. If you didn't golf, what sport would you play? Um, it's funny you said, because in high school, I played everything, um, up until ninth grade, I played football, baseball, basketball, and ninth grade on, I just played golf. Um, but I was always pretty decent at baseball. So I think that would have been my sport. All right. I love it. And what do you think is the best golf movie? Best golf movie. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I think growing up, I liked Happy Gilmore a lot just because it was funny. But, uh, yeah, I, I'd say Happy Gilmore is a classic. Anyone, like, golfer or non-golfer can watch that. Absolutely. I, I agree. Last one here. Do you have any superstitions on the golf course? And if you do, what are they? Superstitions? Hmm. I don't. Well, no, yeah, I, I don't have any superstitions. Now, I like I never clean my putter. That's, that's the thing. I'll never clean my putter. Um, but that's the only superstition I have. I'll clean the grips of the, of the putter, but never, never the face or anything like that. So, Hey, there you go. I love it. I love it. All right, Nate, this has been a great show. Great conversation. I've really enjoyed having you. Why don't you go ahead and take the time now to let the listeners know where they can find your products, your company website, and also where they can find you on social media. 
Yeah, I, like I said, Jeff, I really appreciate you having me on. But um, for anyone out there listening, you know, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at acorn.hills. And then on my website, I'm www.acornhillsco.com. Awesome. Love it. Absolutely love it. Maybe you'll be hearing more from Acorn Hills on the podcast in the future. We'll let you know about that. In the meantime, Nate, take it easy. Thanks for taking the time. I do appreciate it. Hey, thank you, Jeff. I had a blast.